It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...appearing to me as cruel as it was unjust and absurd. I obeyed, but threw the hair on the toilet table with an air of supreme contempt. Sir, you forget yourself. No, madam, I do not, for you might have feigned not to have observed such an innocent theft. Feigning is tiresome. Was such pretty larceny a very great crime? No crime but it was an indication of feelings which you have no right to entertain for me. Feelings which you are at liberty not to return, madam, but which hatred or pride can alone forbid my heart to experience. If you had a heart, you would not be the victim of either of those two fearful passions, but you have only head, and it must be a very wicked head, judging by the care it takes to heap humiliation upon me. You have surprised my secret, madam. You may use it as you think proper, but in the meantime I have learned to know you thoroughly. That knowledge will prove more useful than your discovery, for perhaps it will help me to become wiser. After this violent tirade I left her, and as she did not call me back, retired to my room, in the hope that sleep would bring calm, I undressed and went to bed. In such moments a lover hates the object of his love, and his heart distills only contempt and hatred. I could not go to sleep, and when I was sent for at supper time, I answered that I was ill. The night passed off without my eyes being visited by sleep and feeling weak and low, I thought I would wait to see what ailed me, and refused to have my dinner, sending word that I was still very unwell. Towards evening I felt my heart leap for joy when I heard my beautiful lady love enter my room. Anxiety, want of food and sleep, gave me truly the appearance of being ill and I was delighted that it should be so. I sent her away very soon, by telling her with perfect indifference that it was nothing but a bad headache to which I was subject, and that repose and diet would effect a speedy cure. But at eleven o'clock she came back with her friend, Monsieur D.R., and coming to my bed, she said affectionately, what ails you, my poor Casanova? 
a very bad headache, madam, which will be cured to-morrow. Why should you wait until to-morrow? You must get better at once. I have ordered a basin of broth and two new-laid eggs for you. Nothing, madam, complete abstinence can alone cure me. He is right, said Monsieur D. R. I know those attacks. I shook my head slightly. Monsieur D. R., having just then turned round to examine an engraving, she took my hand, saying that she would like me to drink some broth, and I felt that she was giving me a small parcel. She went to look at the engraving with Monsieur D. R. I opened the parcel, but feeling that it contained hair, I hurriedly concealed it under the bedclothes. At the same moment the blood rushed to my head with such violence that it actually frightened me. I begged for some water. She came to me with Monsieur Diar, and then were both frightened to see me so red, when they had seen me pale and weak only one minute before. Madame F. gave me a glass of water in which she put some odie calms, which instantly acted as a violent emetic. Two or three minutes after I felt better, and asked for something to eat. Madame F. smiled. The servant came in with the broth and the eggs, and while I was eating I told the history of Pandolphin. Monsieur D. R. thought it was all a miracle, and I could read on the countenance of the charming woman love, affection, and repentance. If Monsieur D. R. had not been present, it would have been the moment of my happiness, but I felt certain that I should not have long to wait. Monsieur D. R. told Madame F. that if he had not seen me so sick, he would have believed my illness to be all sham, for he did not think it possible for any one to rally so rapidly. It is all owing to my odie calms, said Madame F., looking at me, and I will leave you my bottle. No, Madame, be kind enough to take it with you, for the water would have no virtue without your presence. I am sure of that, said Monsieur D.R., so I will leave you here with your patient. No, no, he must go to sleep now. I slept all night, but in my happy dreams I was with her, and the reality itself would hardly have procured me greater enjoyment than I had during my happy slumbers. I saw I had taken a very long stride forward, for twenty-four hours of abstinence gave me the right to speak to her openly of my love, and the gift of her hair was an irrefutable confession of her own feelings. On the following day, after presenting myself before Monsieur F., I went to have a little chat with the maid, to wait until her mistress was visible, which was not long, and I had the pleasure of hearing her laugh when the maid told her I was there. As soon as I went in, without giving me time to say a single word, 
She told me how delighted she was to see me looking so well, and advised me to call upon Monsieur D'R. It is not only in the eyes of a lover, but also in those of every man of taste, that a woman is a thousand times more lovely at the moment she comes out of the arms of Morpheus than when she has completed her toilet. Around Madame F. more brilliant beams were blazing than around the sun when he leads the embrace of Aura. Yet the most beautiful woman thinks as much of her toilet as the one who cannot do without it, very likely because more human creatures possess the more they want. In the order given to me by Madame F. to call on Monsieur D.R., I saw another reason to be certain of approaching happiness, for I thought that, by dismissing me so quickly, she had only tried to postpone the consummation which I might have pressed upon her, and which she could not have refused. Rich in the possession of her hair, I held a consultation with my love to decide what I ought to do with it. For Madame F., very likely to her wish to atone for the miserly sentiment which had refused me a small bit, had given me a splendid lock, full a yard and a half long. Having thought it over, I called upon a Jewish confectioner, whose daughter was a skilful embroiderer, and I made her embroider before me, on a bracelet of green satin, the four initial letters of our names, and make a very thin chain with the remainder. I had a piece of black ribbon added to one end of the chain, in the shape of a sliding noose, with which I could easily strangle myself if ever love should reduce me to despair, and I passed it round my neck. As I did not want to lose even the smallest particle of so precious a treasure, I cut with a pair of scissors all the small bits which were left, and devoutly gathered them together. Then I reduced them into a fine powder, and ordered the Jewish confectioner to mix the powder in my presence with a paste made of amber, sugar, vanilla, angelica, alchemies, and storax, and I waited until the comforts prepared with that mixture were ready. I had some more made with the same composition, but without any hair. I put the first in a beautiful sweetmeat box of fine crystal, and the second in a tortoise-shell box. From the day when, by giving me her hair, Madame F. had betrayed the secret feelings of her heart, I no longer lost my time in relating stories or adventures. I only spoke to her of my cove, of my ardent desires. I told her that she must either banish me from her presence, or crown my happiness, but the cruel, charming woman would not accept that alternative. She answered that happiness could not be obtained by offending every moral law, and by swerving from our duties. If I threw myself at her feet to obtain by anticipation her forgiveness, 
for the loving violence I intended to use against her. She would repulse me more powerfully than if she had had the strength of a female Hercules, for she would say, in a voice full of sweetness and affection, My friend, I do not entreat you to respect my weakness, but be generous enough to spare me for the sake of all the love I feel for you. What? You love me, and you refuse to make me happy? It is impossible. It is unnatural. You compel me to believe that you do not love me. Only allow me to press my lips one moment upon your lips, and I ask no more. No, dearest, no, it would only excite the ardour of your desires. Shake my resolution, and we should then find ourselves more miserable than we are now. End of chapter 15, part 3